Pickaxe. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to the review of death. A Doctor Who podcast, your fortnightly home for all the latest news and reviews of the longest-running science fiction series in the world. Each episode will update you with what's happening in the world of Doctor Who. Is that not the most beautiful Doctor Who logo you have ever seen? Then we'll review an episode from Doctor Who's 60-year history, which we promise will be filled with lots of very serious discussions. This is the definition for Chumbly. Receiving a or taking a now, I was going to say, do Louis through like weird weekends with different doctors. This lady over here just got you to sign her knickers from 1986. Yeah. Does that happen often? Yeah. <laughs> not as often as I'd like. <laughs> and if that's not all, we'll have guest presenters, interviews, tier lists, and more. So join us, Matt and Billy, for the review of Death from Pickaxe, a chat about the greatest show in the galaxy. Available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to this week's podcast version of uh, One Life Left, the radio show that goes out Monday nights on Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Simon Byron. I am Steve Curran. We're joined by by Johan Torreson. Hello, Johan. Hello. You can relax a little now. (laughs) Relax. (laughs) You can relax. Um, Strictly speaking, we shouldn't be swearing in this bit, but it won't be illegal if you do. Mm. No, but I I don't want to bring down the wrath of the monarchy on you. Uh, I'll try to avoid it. They they seem to be having a tough time between the... uh, the whole family business going on. So wouldn't want to add a podcast to their to-do list. There was definitely an audible tension throughout the show. Uh, <laughs> like, not not between any of us, but between you and yourself. Yeah. As yeah. you battled to keep your language clean. And you mostly succeeded. Uh, I think uh, I... Apart from, well... Two, three know, edits. I think yeah, it's three two, edits. Three. Three. Don't tell me three. three. Yeah. Because I've only written down two. I mean, there were two F words and one S, I oh. think. Yeah, two Fs and one S. Oh, yeah. my word. Well, I mean, to be fair, we have broadcast worse. We have. Yeah. We I have. Mean, I'm, I was trying my my darnest to not say the bleating words, but, uh, <laughs> like, I mean, you know. But it seems it seems now that the pressure's off that, that you're more relaxed and, and that you're less likely to, doesn't it? I mean, that's probably the glass of gin and tonic okay. I had during... <laughs> No, uh, no, but yeah, it's definitely, when it's not live, it's different. Uh, mm. Easier to kill this section off where you just take me out completely. <laughs> well, I, I also didn't realise that there had been some uh, some language uh, controversy uh, with the One Life Left house adverts, hadn't there, Steve? There have? Like, Who was it that was doing it? Was your, it voice was, your voice was not the only thing we had complaints about last week. Was oh, it? Really? it was, yeah, what was it? It was a house ad from Zero Degrees, uh, was it? My, I, my friends? Mm, I'm not sure, but apparently there was a sweary ad being inserted. And so, you know, families were gathering around <laughs> as, as they've done every week. You know, Every Wednesday <sighs> at seven. Is it here yet? <laughs> they, they wait for the podcast to drop. Like, Daddy, Daddy, granda, is it granda. here? Yeah. Gather around and then <laughs> listen to our voices and just, it's all nice. And then suddenly an advert drops and it's all loud and swearing. and Jeffin. and Jeffin. Effin and Jeffin. Apologies for anybody who was offended. I mean, that wasn't our fault, was it? That Of all things... That wasn't our fault, and um, yeah, I believe that it's it's not going uh, um, <laughs> to. But in we the made fifty five pounds in advert money oh. uh, in the, in the last accounted uh, month. Have we just <laughs> limited a revenue stream well, quite, for the sake of know. our our our, uh, mm. our uh, listeners who are a bit a bit holier than thou? <laughs> Maybe you should just go full on the smut now. Yeah. Uh, I suppose we're, get, we're about to find out what our price really is, aren't we? <laughs> Watch that number well, plummet see. and then we'll get back in touch yeah. and we'll say, anyway, those lads can come back on if it means can you our... put the swears in? <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, Actually, no, 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 maybe the answer is to get Johan to record an advert for One Life Left to go in their podcast. Oh, that's oh, a great idea. It would be a creative <laughs> outlet for you, Johan. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, I... Uh, uh, I 
my uh, I have a monologue uh, issue that just comes out when I get annoyed enough with something that will you know turn any sort of conversation into just a horrible spewing forth of different types of obscenities. But I also subscribe to the idea of uh, obs- intimacy through obscenity by sharing norm-breaking things and doing things that are, are considered bad. We find closeness to the other man uh, in our uh, in our acts of defiance and unwillingness to participate in petty moral ideas about how and how not to act and talk. Mm. Well, you were beautifully defiant this week. Well done. Yeah, or as we <laughs> you know, as I usually say, it's like we have a fan club for people like you, and it's not for you know for people that f- like dick faces like you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> There we go. Well, listen, uh, you are about to hear this week's show. Johan's excellent guest. Uh, he's from Raw Fury. Do check their games out. Uh, apologies for anybody who's offended by anything that they've heard. Uh, I'm not sad about it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening. Here's the show. Hello, good evening, and welcome to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We are a video game radio show, and my name is Steve Curran. Hello, is this thing on? <laughs> is it? We had some we had some complaints, didn't we? Mm. Simon, uh, you sound you sound beautiful. Do I? Better do than mean, ever. Even my wife complained to me. Really? Uh, yeah, she said you sounded awful. <laughs> like, like, yeah, well, you, you married me. <laughs> uh yeah i don't know what happened apologies everybody um if they turned it off did they miss anything did they miss any highlights Steve? Uh, i think they could i think they could make out what you were saying you just sounded gruffer than usual so okay i'm sure the dedicated listeners will have persisted throughout the hour of painful audio as they have been doing for 17 <laughs> years it's really much of a muchness isn't it how are you simon I'm all right, thank you. I've got a radiator between my legs. <laughs> How do you feel about that? All right. No, I do. <laughs> it's a bit much. Well, you know, it's getting it's cold in the shed again, isn't it? So uh, I'm, I can't have the uh, the uh, fan heater on, so I'm sat here now clenching a radiator between my legs. What about you? <laughs> Did you realise it was this sort of show? <laughs> oh, um, I'm fine, thank you. No. How are, you, how are your thighs? <laughs> They're all right. They're all right. No need for a radiator. Currently. La di da, little Lord Fauntleroy <laughs> <laughs> in, his, in his heated heated studio. I mean, you can't brag about your own personal bespoke heating and then claim that I am the posh one here. Well. Um, well, pleased to hear that. Uh, but yeah, no, the weather's turned, isn't it? It's, uh, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's weather chat. It's award-winning radio weather chat. What did you have for tea? Uh, good question. I had some pasta for tea and some oh, lovely. garlic bread. Uh, and it's good that you bring this up. So why, Simon? What did you have for tea? Uh, I had, uh, because my wife has taken my daughter down the pub, I had cheese cheese, cheese and beans on toast. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. That is a good meal. Um, but the reason that's appropriate is we are not alone today. We're uh, not. I mean, actually, in many ways we are alone because our producer has just messaged to say he can't turn up this week. So that's a bit... No adults in the room. I mean, that's an endorsement, isn't it? <laughs> He's got a real job, Simon. Right. Which is something we both aspire to, I think. Um, yeah, um, we actually do have a super special guest who I think is one of the uh, better chefs in the video game industry. Maybe later on, you can uh, you can comment on our uh, our own <laughs> culinary expertise because some of the things that you put on 
the internet, Johan Torreson from Raw Fury. Some of the meals you cook up are incredible. I mean, it's just the, uh, the the cycle of life, right? You're 20, you like to drink, you like to do the dirty deeds, you get to 30. <laughs> There's drugs, and then either go drugs or you go into heavy, heavy into any sort of kitchen, you know, any sort mm-hmm. of cuisine, any sort of stewing stuff. I'm desperately trying to not find uh, any curse words popping up. Uh, <laughs> well, so far, you know. <laughs> No, I mean it's just a it's just a, a way to ensure that I'm constantly, um, you know, being uh, punished by my daughters uh, okay. by cooking up a storm and then seeing them go. No, I don't like that. You <laughs> absolute idiot! Can we well, please have a? F- can we please have pasta? I mean, uh, <laughs> there we go. So, uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> four minutes forty seconds. I mean, we, in. we needed I'll to get one out. There we go. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Uh, so we are a video game radio show. We'll talk a little bit about cooking later in the show as well and talk to Johan about uh, the real life work that you do uh, with Raw Fury as well. But first, Simon, uh-huh. we're going to do the news section. Do Let's we have do news? Yeah, we okay. do. We've news got five right. news stories. Fantastic. That's all we need. Seven on Monday, the twenty third of January. I'm not Anne Scantleberry, but this is the news. Chinese company NetEase has torn down a World of Warcraft statue outside its headquarters in an apparent symbolic gesture aimed at Blizzard. It was announced in November 2022 that Blizzard's games were set to shut down in China in January 2023 after it was unable to come to an agreement with NetEase over a renewal of its licensing deal. At the time, NetEase head of partnerships, Simon Zhu, claimed on social media, one day, when what has happened behind the scenes can be told, developers and gamers will have a whole new level of understanding of how much damage a jerk can make. (laughs) The conflict has seemingly not been resolved since, as in recent days, NetEase has been vocal again about its anger, including reportedly live-streaming the teardown of a World of Warcraft statue in the grounds of its headquarters. According to Chinese esports caster Alan Guy, NetEase dismantled the statue on Wednesday, streaming the process via its official Naraka Blaypoint channel. The incident was then capped by Chinese TikTok channel Chaikin NDS, which also showed participants being given special Blizzard green tea drinks as a reward. In China, you'll like this, Johan, green tea bitch is a stereotypical insult that originated on social media and describes a person who appears innocent and sweet, but is actually fake, immoral and manipulative. The teas, therefore, mm. appear to be a jibe aimed at Blizzard. Uh, it's a well, bit petty. Well, I should say, <laughs> sorry. It's a bit petty. It's a little bit petty, isn't it? I um, <laughs> I should say, sorry, all of these stories come, um, uh, as ever, from the excellent video games chronicle.com. Thank you, Chris Scullion. Yes, uh, a bit petty, uh, but, you know, a show of defiance. Um, is this the way to behave, do we think? Well, first off, I want to drill a little bit into what tear down means. Because at one point in the story, you know, that seems... For me, tearing down indicates you're doing this in a kind of violent... Like, really putting energy into it, sledgehammers, maybe a wrecking ball. But dismantled later in the story is a bit more careful. And you would expect, if World of Warcraft is not part of their future plans, you know, whether they want it to be or not, of course they're going to remove the statue. That is normal behaviour. Sledgehammer, streaming, wrecking ball type thing, less normal. So, Simon, we, we have footage of this. Do we know how they did it? Going to click on it for you. Okay. For you Can now. you describe uh, what's going on? So it's quite loud. There's <laughs> dance music going. Okay. Um, <laughs> I mean it. Yeah, they are. I would say that's a dismantle. Is um, it? Yes. Okay. I'd have to turn that off. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Um, and I couldn't see why the one I was looking at that story. Yeah, that's a dismantle. Uh, so they've they've taken it down at the end of their partnership. Right. Normal. Oh. So that is just not news then, is it? I don't know why it's in the news section. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, should have, I should have watched the video. No, I was interested actually. Um, 
in just asking whether there was any sort of uh, public acts of defiance that you two have undertaken. Uh, oh. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, well, I-, I drove a, an artist out of a country after we shut down a public institution. Okay. Uh, as a as a protest, and we needed to get him out of the country in case there was uh, issues. So I I, dro- I drove the car. I mean, that's going to be better than anything Steve and I've got. <laughs> I mean the 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 biggest act of public defiance I can think of is I've written three songs that are petty and mean about Mark Cerny after he was quite rude to me at a party. Uh, <laughs> sing them regularly at Marioki. Uh and he has no idea. <laughs> so that's, that's an act of defiance right there. I, I uh, uh, There was once a, a trade competition where you had to have pretend beef with um, uh, one of your rivals. I was working at a PR agency at the time. Um, and uh, I tried to raise it up a level by sending in a photo where I printed out their logo. Um, I put it into the, in the company urinals and I squirted a bottle of orange juice <laughs> over it and took the picture with a, with, a, with a flash to make it look like droplets. It was too realistic to print because it, it looked like I was urinating on arrival. That was funny, though. Yeah. Well, I, thought, and I told that rival about it subsequently and they were super cool with it. God, oh, that would have been really funny. Um, but there was another PR agency that got beef about that piece instead. Yep. No, I uh, uh, when I was working in PR, uh, one of the first things we did was that we interjected ourselves in the 2012 American election uh, as the uh, the Swedish Party of America and uh, demanded that America become Sweden's fourth state, uh, and then uh, tricked the Washington Post into writing three blogs about our budgets and our ideas until they figured out it was an internship project for a PR <laughs> studio. <laughs> well um, done. Yeah, I mean, if they're stupid enough to write about it, they kind of. Yeah, they have themselves to blame. News story number two. Sony Interactive Entertainment has confirmed the final PlayStation VR 2 launch lineup, in addition to revealing 13 new games for the platform. The full launch window lineup, uh, which Sony d- defines as games releasing by the end of March, includes first party titles Horizon, Call of the Mountain, and Gran Turismo 7, which will be available on PSVR 2's February 2022 launch day. On GT7, Sony says players will be able to experience all cars and tracks in VR with eye tracking and foveated rendering. (laughs) Two-player split-screen races are not supported in VR, but all other races, including online ones, will be available. Newly announced titles include ports of PSVR 1 Classic Res Infinite, which will feature eye tracking and haptic feedback, and Tetris Effect, which will also support the unique PSVR 2 features. With eye tracking enabled, you can enter the zone by closing, then opening your eyes, enhanced set of Tetris effect. You can also feel key moments of the game on your actions through headset feedback and haptic feedback on the DualSense controller. On Infinite, it said, prepare yourself once again for the ultimate version of Res. <laughs> thrilling, tr- thrilling journey of side sounds and shooting action, except this time in PSVR 2 with eye tracking. You can track and aim at enemies and haptic feedback from the controllers and headset feedback too. Mm. Uh, both Res and Tetris Effect would be available as upgrades to the original games for $9.99 euros. It just keeps uh, getting more ultimate. It's the most ultimatist! Unbelievable. Uh, which is good because it started a, a resolute 7 out of 10 for me. Uh, I also want to pick up on a part of that story earlier on when you yep. said that Split screen games are not supported in VR. I'm nope. trying to get my head around how yeah. oh, that might work. Like very tiny heads, one eye yeah. each. Just yeah, that's a mind bending. Siamese twin situation, maybe. Perhaps, perhaps. Have you um have you pre ordered a, a headset, Simon? Uh, I've not. I just want to add to this story. Mm-hmm. This, <laughs> this is an exclusive for you. These aren't. This isn't the exhaustive list of games that are coming out uh, in the launch window, all right? Just, just mm. saying that. Just saying that. Interesting. I think that's all I'm allowed to say at the moment. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm terrified about any sort of news regarding these kind of things because I'm like, ah, oh, my. What, 
Can't what say do this, I know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what do I know? Watch... And what do what do people know? <laughs> know that I yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I haven't pre-ordered one. Um, no, uh, I'm going to wait. I think. Mm. What about you, Johan? Uh, I mean, I just got a PS5, but uh, I haven't opened it yet. Uh, so no, not not gotten any of the VR stuff yet. I am looking to. Um, I'm, I'm notoriously sh- bad at getting. Well uh, done. <laughs> I'm working really hard. <laughs> my my I'm, I have I'm a foul foul person in terms of language. But um, no, I mean, I, before the Switch, my uh, last console was the GameCube that I bought. Anything else has been uh, PC or. Uh, or Nintendo DS, I guess. Uh, so, what's going to um, what's going to prompt you to uh, unwrap the PS Five? Then, what are you waiting for? Mm. Oh, I, I mean, mainly uh, my children hitting the age of fifteen, so I can play God of War downstairs with a TV, <laughs> <laughs> uh, or me actually getting my room in order and a television up here, so I can can play. Or I'm plugging it into the uh, computer screen. I'm not sure. It's I mean, I don't know. I have, my ambitions are here, but the time is not. All right, time for news story number three. Four world records were broken during the latest event in the semi-annual, semi-annual Games Done Quick series. Awesome Games Done Quick 2023 took place from January the 8th to January the 15th, and by the end of the show, had raised a total of $2.642 million for the Prevent Cancer Foundation. More than 140 speedruns were shown over the course of the week, ranging from well-known titles like Pokemon Legends, Dark Souls 2 from obscure games such as Axe Battler on the Game Gear. Of these 140 plus speedruns, four broke new world records. On January 9th, a new record was sent on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. Uh, with Ben Jazz 4 and Paul Knives, uh, those are names, completing the game in co-op in 56 minutes and 18 seconds. Uh, the next day, I'm Jay broke the world record for any percentage completion of Super Mario Galaxy 2, beating the game in three hours, three minutes and 56 seconds. This was followed on January the 12th with Crack Attack, completing the unreleased prototype of Steven Seagal is, colon, the final option, on the SNES in 18 minutes and 16 seconds. And finally, on January 13th, the sixth player world record was set on Power Wash Simulator, um, as I'm not going to read those names out, uh, the six of them washed every vehicle in the game in 18 minutes and 29 seconds. Get this, guys, without using soap. <laughs> oh, well. Is that. I so mean, that would be spe- cheating, wouldn't it? I don't know. But is that a specific <laughs> record for six players inside Power Wash Simulator completing the game without using soap? Because I reckon so. we could. You know, is there a is there a world record for seven people? You know, we we could, if so, eight people, nine people, ten people. I mean, we don't collectively know ten people, but we could there are probably. Ten people. I don't think so. But if we could find, surely we can find a game we can break a world record on. I mean, isn't this how you get into the Guinness World of Records? It's just like find something really absurdly stupid and then add a person and like, yeah, we were two <laughs> doing it. Right, like, I, we solved a Rubik's cube with three hands. I think so. I in think an hour. I mean, Simon, probably you both, as as people with experience of the world of PR, can uh, educate me on this. But I believe that the easiest way to get in the Guinness Book of World Records is to talk to them, and then say, "I would like to do this, this for a world record. Can I pay you some money to come and authenticate that?" And, um, uh, we organized the uh, largest, um, the world championship in pillow fighting mm. when I was doing, uh, the PR company I was working with uh, did that as a stunt for some company at some point. And I think that ended up in the, the Guinness World of Records. I'm not entirely sure. Apparently and it also costs that, a, f- like, a fortune to get someone get to hire one of In order to get it into the book, you have to have one of their representatives there. Oh. That costs a lot of money, I believe. I have uh, no idea. Only, that was before my time. Only fast track it. Only right. fast track it. It's okay. cheaper if, you, if, if they can take their time. Well, we've got ages. Like we I'm not ages. in a rush to have my video game world record checked out, although we have to decide what game to do that on. Something all three of us can play. Missed. <laughs> three player missed. How does three player miss? Just with you're all crowded around, just advising each other. 
I mean, isn't that how you play that game, though? You just have yeah. two people that already beat it, look at one mm -hmm. person that doesn't know what they're doing, and then just being smug. Perfect. I think we can do that. <laughs> All right, uh, news story number four. The voice actor who plays Raiden in the Metal Gear Solid games is seemingly teased that there may be new announcements related to Konami series soon. Quentin Flynn has played Raiden in Metal Gear Solid 2, Metal Gear Solid 4, and Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. Last week, tweeted a video advertising his cameo page. On Monday, a follower replied to the video stating that the 10th anniversary of Metal Gear Rising would be February 2023. This caused another follower to reply earlier today. Uh, this was written on the, on the 17th of January by Chris Scullion. Uh, wondering if a possible Metal Gear Rising 2 could be on the way, perhaps with an announcement as part of a larger Metal Gear showcase stream. Stay tuned for things to be announced in the coming winks, uh, weeks. Winks? 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 <laughs> well, that's look, he, he should He's have clearly said. winking. Well, Flynn replied with a winking right. emoji. A winking emoji. I almost said one of Johan's words then. <laughs> It's not clear whether Flynn was referring to Metal Gear Rising 2, a Metal Gear event, or just a new Metal Gear news in general. BG sources previously, BGC sources previously claimed in 2021 that Singapore-based studio Virtuos was working on a new Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. BGC later reported that an employee at Virtuos had claimed it's working on an unannounced AAA action-adventure game re remake following our report that it had been handed the Metal Gear Solid license. Modern ports of the original Metal Gear Solid games are also understood to be planned with a reveal for all projects likely this year. Exciting, eh? I am ambivalent towards any Metal what? Gear Solid news. I know. This is the, you know, the tension between us that has driven the show for as long as it's been going. Uh, I don't care about this, Simon, but do you? Very excited to play those games again, modernised. I hope I mean, it's true. But... Sorry, go on. No, I mean, I, I really, really deeply enjoyed uh, Metal Gear Solid uh, back in the day. Mainly because of the way the uh, the psychomantis fight works, uh, where you had to switch the controller into the the second port for him to stop reading your mind. I, like if there was more of that and less cutscenes, um, I'd be more more interested in the franchise as such. But that said, Revengeance. If there's a second part of that, I'd be uh, I'd be up for it. I've That's not played any of these things. <laughs> Have you played any Metal Gear, Steve? Uh, I played Metal Gear Solid when I was at Edge because Joao, who was the editor at the time, said it was personally offensive to him that I had not <laughs> and that I had to play it. And I got up to a bit with where I was fighting some stuff in, a, in the snow and you had to do something clever. Uh, I think it was a boss battle. A sniper? It was. It's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's the lone wolf sniper fight, yeah. isn't got it? Got up to that. And I couldn't do it, and I told Joao, and he came into the room and turned off the console in disgust, and that was the last. I had. Well, he he has subsequently left the industry still. Yeah. He, he said he couldn't bear to be in it while you were. I know that was the beginning. It was, what am I doing? So yeah, I'm ambivalent. I mean, that's fair. News story number five. A leaked. Suicide Squad image has confirmed plans for service game elements such as a battle pass. The image, which originated on the 4chan forum and has been verified by a VGC source, is understood to originate from a recent test build and shows various menus planned for the Rocksteady co-op game. The battle pass and multiple currencies shown in the image have inspired debates on social media. That's a polite way of putting it. <laughs> about how extensive the live service elements will be for the title. However, a development source told VGC that while a battle pass is planned for the game, it will be focused on cosmetic items such as skins. In addition, the various currencies shown at the top of the leaked image are understood to be XP used to power up and customise the skill trees of each anti-hero, effectively making them unique to the player. You don't start off debuffed and weak, VGC was told. You just start off great and can get ridiculous, like Arkham Knight's Batman. <laughs> Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. The next game from the creator of the Batman Arkham series is billed as a genre-bending action-adventure shooter. 
set in an open world metropolis. Playable solo or with up to four players in online co-op. Its original story follows Suicide Squad members Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang and King Shark who are on a mission, mission to save Earth and kill the world's greatest DC superheroes, the Justice League. Uh, be coming out on May 26th. So, live service elements creeping into a premium game. That's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't talk- want to judge anything before it's out, but that doesn't sound optimal. <laughs> but uh, mm. yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm more miffed that they have the two, like two of the most boring characters uh, from the Suicide Squad, like Deadshot and Captain Boomerang is okay, I guess, but um, but Deadshot is just such a boring archetype of a character. I don't understand why. We talked a bit about this uh, this kind of thing last week when we talked about Ubisoft, right? And their uh, problems at the moment not having a successful live service game in that, meaning they're more dependent on each of these big AAA games they release being overwhelmingly successful on their own terms. And every studio, you know, live service is, is the model that brings you billions of dollars. Um, and so it makes sense from a business point of view. The bit that rankles for me is when... Uh, companies, and this isn't just directed at uh, uh, this uh, uh, news story, but when they say, oh, it's just skins, you know, it's just uh, superficial skins, because to a point, that is the objective of the game. Um, if you look at something like, I, I've been playing, as I mentioned on the show, quite a lot of Disney Dreamlight Valley, which I think is a beautifully produced, like brilliant piece of work. And um, it's also somewhat cynically produced in many ways you expect. It is designed to addict you. And the whole point of that game is to get beautiful dresses and beautiful outfits for your characters and, and new furniture for your home. It is all about skins. It is all about the cosmetic. So to say, oh yeah, it's just cosmetic items in that game. And if you look like a game like Counter-Strike, right? You play it for the game, but the thing that people get excited about are the skins that's a mini industry on its own so yeah it is all about the skins and people being able to buy those skins is the point in many ways i I did mean to ask you about dreamlight valley is um is your daughter playing it have i i was going to ask you about it have i reviewed it for the show yet because if i haven't you have yes right so she's not still playing it because of the thing that I assume I've mentioned on the show, that she's scared of Ursula uh, right. from The Little Mermaid. Yeah. And so she refuses point blank to go to the beach. And all of the characters now want to go to the beach. And it's just been a, a dead end for the game because none of the plots can progress because they've all got a little sort of uh, a point in the beach. So she's not playing it. She was enjoying it a lot when she was. And she was getting on with it properly, was she? Sorry about this, Johan. No, 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 no. I, 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 I have a, I have two daughters. I am heavily invested in this discussion. Okay. I, well, so um, we're we're going on holiday uh, soon, and so I was going to get something for the plane. And she's been she's been sort of enjoying the Peppa Pig game, uh, but she would enjoy this one more. Um, and uh, yeah, I just wonder about it. like is, is she Josh able to is... understand the controls? The no, menus? she doesn't. She doesn't play the controls. She gets confused about the sort of moving around the 3D space because it's basically standard third person controls, which I think is a mistake on their part for at least that audience or to not offer a fixed perspective uh, view. The I think that really uh, my daughter and possibly all of our daughters would get on better with Animal Crossing from that respect. And also, I think as a parenting decision, it's probably better as well because it is less cynically produced, fewer. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. It's 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 the the problem with Dreamlight Valley is it doesn't have the gating of Animal Crossing, so it encourages you to play forever, which on a plane ride is good news, but for a daily life thing is not great news because there is no stop point like there is in Animal Crossing. Hmm. Uh, we play a lot of uh, Yoshi's uh, Crafted World. Um, that's one of those that that worked out really well. Like she struggled a lot in the beginning because it's. There's some pretty tricky platforming going on, and there's lots of concepts to figure out. Um, but it has a really nice mode where you can essentially fly, just keep fluttering uh, above obstacles, and that way she took uh, took her path through some of the levels. Um, and then some, just kind of like you know, there's some flowers and some stuff that it's kind of hide and seek or some some occasional platforming puzzle that she she occasionally needs help with. Um, she's 
four, four. <laughs> she's four in uh, in March. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, after you know eight or nine months of of uh, going back to it and playing it, she can play not every level to finish, but a couple of levels from every biome up to the last point, and has has finished the last boss by herself. All right, all with, right. Uh, I was gonna say. Okay. Mine sounds better than our children. Yeah, mine's, <laughs> mine's four in March as well. So I'm getting, I'm getting that. She is going to break the world record on this by now. Yeah, mine, well, vicariously. Mine is, mine is currently five. Hasn't done any of these things. But let me tell you, once we finish recording, I'm going to go wake her up. Her education starts now. Yeah. All right. Uh, that is the news section. Thanks, Simon. One life left. Video game news with Anne Scantleberry. If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You're listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. We're also a podcast. You can download that at www.onelifeleft.com. You can find links to all kinds of One Life Left related things at hello.onelifeleft.com. Simon, did you see the big podcast news this week? I did, actually, and I did wonder whether that had something to do with the sabotage of our equipment this week. Mm, Interesting, isn't it? Now, um, uh, we should sort of clue Johan in on this because he may not be up to date with the world of video game podcasts but um, we're very very good friends I would say we're very good friends with um, Simon Parkin do you know Simon Parkin I do know Simon well I don't know him but I I know of him well believers we know him Mm -hmm. in all in all senses all senses and we've been friends with Simon for a long time Um, you know for example to give us give you an example of how close we are uh, Simon you know, acknowledged us in his book credits, didn't he, Simon? Acknowledged some of us, Steve, didn't he? He acknowledged (laughs) the majority of the One Life Left team, but he didn't acknowledge you. But an oversight corrected by you buying his book and then throwing it in the sea or something. I can't remember how that plot line resolved itself. No, I was going to, but it felt so like (laughs) such an awful thing to do that I couldn't bring myself to do it. So instead Um, you put it in a urinal and put orange juice on it. I didn't actually. No, what I did, Steve, is Mm -hmm. I credited him in in one of the games I wrote. Kill him with kindness. I acknowledged him. Mm. I acknowledged him. Good, 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 good. And, you know, Simon also responsible for our news jingles in the you know, that you just heard, which need updating. And I was thinking of going back to him and saying, you know, um, might need a few edits to the news jingles. However, it seems that Simon's got his own audio project that he's been getting on with, hasn't he, Simon? I mean, that's one way of of, 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 of saying what he's been up to. I would say he's declared war on mm. One Life Left. And no, actually, I'm pleased that you're here, Johan, that you can see I'm going to take this webcam outside with me now and tear down the statue of Simon Parking <laughs> outside the shed. <laughs> well, Simon, no need. Okay. Because uh, Parko reckoned without on One Life Left. Maybe he forgot about us, but you forget about One Life Left at your peril. Um, and you forget about One Life Left's technological expertise and our experience with um, AI and... Ooh. And so, I present for you a One Life Left feature called My Perfect Console.
Welcome to My Perfect Console, the podcast where I, Simon Parkin, talk to today's greatest minds and ask them to choose five games that would make up the perfect games console. Today, I'm talking with the legendary British musician and actor, David Bowie. Welcome, David. Good to be here. Great. Let's start by getting the first of your five games for the Parco 5000. What's the first one you've chosen? The first game I've chosen is Populous. Populous was an important video game for me, it really changed my outlook on the power of music and visuals. The soundtrack was my first experience of ambient music, and the mechanics were a fascinating evolution of god game mechanics and spiritual escapism. I would spend hours creating virtual worlds, and creating the right balance between music and visuals that allowed the player to fully explore the possibilities of the game. It made me realize that music and games are a different ways of expressing the same thing, magic and mystery, intertwining to create something unique. Wow, we're already running out of time. David, could you quickly tell us which other four games would be on your Parco 5000? Absolutely. First, I'd have Elite Beat Agents from Nintendo's DS line, as it does an interesting job of marrying fashion and rhythm-based gaming into something quite unique. Second, Quake 3 Arena for its introduction of online gaming and influence on the first-person-shooter genre. Third, Grand Theft Auto, Chinatown Wars, as it really captures the urban spirit of chaos and fun. Fourth, Spore, which is able to create its own ecosystem of life and modify it depending on the player's choices. That's my Paco 5000. That is quite a console. Thank you, David. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks so much for having me on the show, Simon. Just like the many characters I've played, I hope we all find our own unique game to play. Goodbye everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode of My Perfect Console. As always, check out our website for more episodes and more games. See you next time. There we go! My perfect console, all generated by AI. So all of that? Even the music? Yeah, even the music. Well, I say especially the music. <laughs> especially the music. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yeah. That was a fun, uh, fun revenge project. I'm looking forward to more episodes of My Perfect Console coming up in the future weeks. And imagine all the guests we can have. There you go. No. Yeah. Well, who's he got? Charles Cecil, and we've got David Bowie. We've got a German David Bowie. <laughs> I mean, Bowie's dead. That's something. Yeah, well. We can do anything uh, with the power of AI and um, and uh, infringing on Simon Parkin's trademarks, name, <laughs> license. Because it's AI, it's meant to be immoral. Like, <laughs> we don't have to worry about it. It's, it's out there, isn't it? So, I mean... Um, that's the only choice nowadays, right? Immoral- immorality is the new morality. You've just That's got to the lean only in. way of doing it. Yeah, you just You've go hard. In. Yeah, in a post-capitalist stage, there's no no copyrights to be had unless you're a billionaire. We are one life left, and we are not billionaires. And I think it's time for the interview with Johan. How are you, Johan? I am. Uh, I'm good. I was so. I've, I've been stressed out. I've been trying to build an exercise bike, and it stressed the. the mm, so many words that I can't say. It stressed me out a little bit, let's say, um, to the point where I had to do like the uh, family man speedball and just had a really strong coffee, a smoke, and uh, an emodium. So. <laughs> Before this going on. This isn't it, medical it, advice. I was We're gonna not, say is that, it, that kind it's of recommended in the manual. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's what you you know, when the kid you, you get a kid, the wife gets a sandwich and a and a baby, and you get a little book that says coffee, smoke, emodium, shut up. All right. <laughs> uh and before the show started, I asked, uh, as we do, you know, in a minor gesture to professionalism, what your uh, job title was. Is. Yes. And you kind of, you were like, oh, <laughs> it's, a, it's a long story. Um, do you want to give us some of the options right now? I mean, my preferred title is uh, Chief Say That Again Officer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
mainly because I don't like titles. I think they're generally just a way to sneak into parties where you're not allowed. Just chief, what, uh, chief? Hello, let me in. I'm chief of sneaking into parties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if, if someone goes like, uh, mm, uh, are you on the list? And no, but I'm the CSTAO of uh, Rothy. Mm. And they go like, wait, it's not just a C, it's a S-T-A-O. Excellent. Ooh, I don't know what that is, but let's get this important man in. Um, it's, it's been a trick I've been using since before uh, I joined Raw Fury. It's just, uh, I was a mere business developer at my first UDC, and I wasn't let into places and no one cared. Americans particularly like to look at your badge and go, oh, so not a C-suite? And then mm-hmm. uh, they F off. Uh, so the next year, I uh, I told just put uh, chief operating officer on on there, and then uh, it worked out pretty well. I got back. I told my boss what I did. I updated my LinkedIn before I told him, and I said, you know, that's fine, right? He's like, yeah, that's okay. And then two weeks later, I called him up again and said, look, as a COO of the company, I my salary doesn't fit the bill anymore. I, you need to give me a raise. <laughs> And so he did. Uh, so you know, good that's... strategy, and all motivated by parties as well, which is yeah. a very smart way to play it. So, regardless of what your title is, what is it you do at Raw Fury? Uh, I help run scouting for Raw Fury. So we're a small team of uh, people that try to find uh, interesting projects and also the bandwidth internally for signing them and getting them uh, to work with us. We're essentially, uh, jokingly, I'd, I'd argue that at least my my part of the work is that I am the uh, ugliest honeypot in the industry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Matahari grew a, a beard and uh, had a neck tattoo. Um, essentially, my my job is to to lure unsuspecting developers in and, and with nice words and the occasional coffee. Um, and try to see if they want to work with us. Uh, but to be clear, then this is the, I think this is the, the most common mistake when people go, oh, so you, so you're, you fund games. Like, no, 99.9.8, whatever, something uh, of my job is uh, saying no to people, which mm. is awful. So, uh, And I, I, I guess you have a, a bunch of experience with that as well, Simon. Uh, yeah, it is hard, isn't it? You know, the only way you can do it is do it is is do it as quickly as you can and as honestly as you can and as constructively as you can. Yeah. Um, you know, and uh, sometimes you have good games that aren't a fit for the company that you're at, and mm-hmm. so you know you sort of try and help find them. But yeah, it is it is it is very 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 difficult. You've got a really good track record though, haven't you? Uh, and Wolf, Wolf Fury does some fantastic games. Um, where do where do you sort of tend to find them? Where, where's the most fertile ground, or is it? Is oh, it just, just just everywhere. I mean, it's a it's a decent mix. I'd argue we're about sixty percent uh, outbound or stuff that we find ourselves, and maybe forty percent inbound or p- things that people send us. Um, and um, I, you know, for me, I I think I find my most interesting projects is usually I grab, um, you know, a few beers or uh, whatever. It's a Saturday night. My wife's asleep. The kids are asleep. And I go for a, a walk around the uh, the uh, neighborhood uh, where I am. And I go through Twitter and look at all the different hashtags. I look at, like, recent game jams and what's been, been happening there and just kind of, like, browse my way around things it's a, it's pretty much like straightforward stuff in that end you just try to find something interesting so, hold on you're going for a walk around your neighborhood yeah while looking at twitter or are you knocking on doors just going oh yeah, yeah make, no no making no, anything no. good <laughs> Got no anything no I, I, it's just a you know like it's, it's a saturday i, I don't i can't sleep i I'm, mm. i live next to a nature reserve essentially like yeah. I'm, I'm i'm on the outskirts of a town so I, I there's just fields for miles so i'm just out in the middle of nowhere there's no lights there's nothing and i uh instead of looking at the beautiful scenery i stare on twitter mm. or different websites and try to figure out what to do because i'm fairly bored and i don't have any respect for my work hour boundaries um and occasionally I find something. I send a DM or a, I send an email. And if it's a really, really good and or a bad day, uh, the developer is also awake. 
<laughs> and I send a DM and I get immediate response and I'm like, oh no, I'm five beers in. <laughs> <laughs> Sign it. Sign yeah, it straight yeah, away. No, no it's um, not that bad, but uh, yeah, I, I, that's been the case for a couple of them. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm also, I know that uh, a bunch of other scouts follow me on Twitter and I follow them, of course. So if I find something, um, honestly, I, I have one, or I have two, two like main principles, I guess. Like one is my job is to ensure that good games get made. Two, preferably with Raw Fury. <laughs> so if I find something on Twitter and I go, holy shit, this, well, holy whoop, this looks amazing. I would very much enjoy seeing this made. Um, I will tweet straight up. Like the Domekeeper thing was one of that. Yeah, like I yeah. saw that and went, more people would want to see this. So let's put that in text, send that to them. And then uh, no other publishers yeah. stepped. But, you know. There, there is, um, there must be a word for the particular sort of feeling that you get when you spot a developer who's tweeted something and you see that the other scouts are following him already. <laughs> yeah. Already. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately um, back talking them and then well, DM. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, you know, I, I always think, uh, you know, there's there, there is there, there's so so many games being made, so much quality content that there's absolutely enough to be sort of shared around and stuff. And yeah, you know, I, I think similar to you, I have a I have a list of good people that you sort of try and pass people on to. Yeah, yeah, um, same, same. If uh, if you can't help them directly, which which games of yours have you got coming up that you're particularly excited about? Uh, I mean, we have Superfuse. Uh, being pretty close in time, but honestly, we this year we have a bunch of of cool stuff that's coming out. Um, I'd argue that in closest in time is Superfuse, and it's interesting because it's an ARPG, and it's uh, by a team that I'd argue is a, a bit overlooked, maybe, um, and has. Uh, skill system that allows for like an obscene level of modifications uh, and it's essentially the sort of crack cocaine that I liked about Diablo 2 but instead of having like oh you have to finesse the the skill system to get to the point where you're a lone necromancer with 75,000 different skeletons running around the game just goes like we know you want to do this all right go wild um, so it, it's just a that I think is is probably um, gonna blow some minds. It blew blew my mind uh, when I looked at it back in the day. But th- this is the thing, right? I can't tell you really what's what's interesting now because I live in twenty five. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you've got um, when's Erebon Shadow Light Legacy coming out? I don't know if I know. I don't know if we've announced that. Uh... Well, I, was, I, I, I thought it was coming out last year. I was, it was in that Xbox showcase, wasn't it? I was really excited, really yeah. excited by it. I, yeah. They're extremely, wait to play that. extremely cool. And um, um, the other game I like of yours, uh, Mr. Sun's Hat Box. Oh, God, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, these devs... Uh, uh, the, the amount of talent that chooses to, you know, uh, give us time of day and actually work with us is absurd. The, 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 most, the most annoying thing with signing these types of games is that I'm constantly reminded of just how, how bad <laughs> I am at thinking about <laughs> games outside of a like, oh, this could probably be pretty cool. Um because there's just so so smart people making such absurdly cool content. Uh, I don't like the, the C word, but we'll use that for for sake of. I mean, we will <laughs> not use that C word. Not on no, this not show, that C yeah. word. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, we need to press on because it's yes. as we've got the letters and the reviews to do. Uh, where can people follow you, Johan, on the internet? Twitter, but <laughs> you know, it's mostly posts and um, food. <laughs> Okay, which is what we want, I think. All right, uh, let's do the letters. Simon, have we had any emails this week? 
no emails. Steve, it's all on the Discord. And we do have a letter there uh, from Third Prize. Uh, Sean from Hove writes, While game review scores like yours in the equally respected Metacritic are one indication of how good a game is, I find that the percentage earned scores of the various in-game achievements are more telling. After completing Elden Ring last year, hashtag humblebrag, I thought I'd give Stray a go. I completed it easily enough, but the achievement scores really puzzled me. There is one achievement for using up all of your nine lives, and only 27% of the players got that. That means they're either all very good players, or all or most gave up after eight attempts. Similarly, only a third of them got to the midpoint of the game. I mean, you play as a cat jumping around on boxes, it isn't Street Fighter. Now, compare that to Elden Ring, where 60% of players got to the midpoint, and each of the three different endings has about 20% success. Did I mention I finished it? Can you see a game's achievement percentage before you purchase it, and do devs ever use that as feedback? Didn't Spelunky have a 25% completion rate for the first level and a serious drop-off for the others? I always assumed that was on purpose. Stray is a good game, and I would much rather watch a film based on that than on Elden Ring. Maybe Disney Plus could do a cyberpunk reboot of The Cat from Outer Space. Anyway, what's your favourite video game cat? Cheers, Sean. Simon. Well, you know, I, th- I feel this is a fast five in everything but name, isn't it? Because I can now <laughs> not think of any games with cats in it. <laughs> like, this is, uh, it's just uh, it's the, the Darren Brown mind trick. Uh, I, I, there haven't been any cat games, have there, apart from Stray? Zero I mean, Norco games. has a, a really good cat uh, in Crouton, which uh, if you pet them uh, well enough, they will propel themselves into space. Mm. It's got to be Tubbs from Niko Atsumi. Mm. Uh, how could you forget Niko Atsumi, Simon? Come on. Well, it, because I'm under pressure, Steve, under I, don't pressure. Fun- I don't function <laughs> do you well ever, like this. Do you That's ever... As uh, you know, professionals in the games industry, do you ever look at achievements to see what's going well, what genres are succeeding right now? Like, can they tell? Can you infer things from that kind of stuff? I mean, it's interesting to look at it just as a kind of, you know, does it correlate with review scores or mm. does it correlate, especially with Steam Steam user reviews, but not as a, it's not a main tool. It's more like I'm slightly bored and yeah. I'm on a Steam page. <laughs> I mean, um, I can use that that stat that uh, Sean quotes there, you know, uh, 20, uh, sorry, a third of them, only a third of stray players got to the midpoint of the game to sort of anecdotally back up my feeling about that game, which is that it is a beautiful looking game that is quite boring to play. And yep. it doesn't surprise me that a l- I think a little like Res, it's a game that people like to claim to like more than they actually like. Uh, and that kind of engagement, I think, is represented in that stat. But again, I have no stats to back that up, apart from that stat. So, I don't know. <laughs> um, I hope that answers your question, Sean. We have no other... Oh, well, do we have any other letters? No. Uh, ben has covered the Simon Parko... Hmm. Uh, news he um, has so no no other letters but we're running we're running quite late still we, we are we've got to get on with the reviews uh so thank you all for your letters this week uh or or one of you for your letters this week if you <laughs> want to write a letter to one life left you can do so by emailing team at onelifeleft.com or accessing the discord This is One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. As I said, we're also a podcast. You can find the show notes at www.onelifeleft.com. There you can find a link to that Discord and all of the other stuff that our producer, uh, currently absent Phil, uh, has, has uh, written about this episode, which I hope will be a pleasant surprise to him. And Johan, you are doing very well to I'm... abort words after the first letter, which is kind of... <laughs> You know, what he's it's gonna like do a anyway. lovely little quiz, isn't it? Lovely little quiz. What word was Johan about to say? <laughs> I mean, the, the people that have met me in the uh, non-ether uh, version know that this is this is this is a, this is as good as it gets. For, You're doing, for me. <laughs> You're doing very well. All right, let's get on with the reviews. Simon, as I told you at the start of the show, I haven't done anything except for explore more of Sports Story, which continues to impress me with the pure range of ways it crashes and is bugged. Um, I am 
I still enjoyed the setting. I think it's beautifully written and really nicely crafted. Like the art and the, and the the story is cute, and the way they contrive to put you in different situations, playing lots and lots of different sports. But it is not ready for release. Like uh, you know, have fallen through the floor on several occasions, which should not happen in a two D game. Um, plenty of crash bugs. In fact, I am using crash bugs as a marker to stop me playing. Like, I will play until the next crash bug. Thankfully, it saves quite regularly as well. Um, broadly, you know, it is the sort of game that I like. I.e. is very, very easy and something for me to play when I want to zone out. Uh, but it is unbelievable that Nintendo let it onto their platform in that state. 7 out of 10. Johan, what have you been playing? Well, I've been playing uh, famous narrative speedrunner for horny history buffs, uh, Hades. Oh. So uh, I, I figured I needed to play a game that had some sort of, uh, you know, good good level of, of uh, attention and, and something that should have been played at some point for going on this uh, fancy, fancy show, right? <laughs> uh, but I thought I was going to get into a hack and slash roguelike, which is, you know, the, my bread and butter. I can do that. I can zone out. And then suddenly I'm just in this place where it's like... It's, I really, really enjoyed it, to be clear, but it feels a bit like, you know, the um, verily this visual of Verbiage Beer's most verbose, so let me simply add to the kind of Alan Moore style mm-hmm. um, narrative writing, uh, British post- posh voices thing kind of contrasts with the, uh, the mythology in an interesting way, and the procedural, the procedural narrative actually works. So what I realized after 60 or so attempts is that this is actually not a roguelike. It's a it's a stepping stone for getting into heavier narrative projects. This is the marijuana of narrative games. This is the cool kids giving you some funny smokes at the, the school, <laughs> and then down the line you'll have people playing Edith Finch with a eight timer. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, Fifty-five minutes. <laughs> I'm trying really hard, but the thing is, and uh, I must absolutely state that I, I do, do really enjoy it. Uh, it's one of those perfect seven out of tens. Um, I played Hades for uh, once, really, really enjoyed it, but got slightly too far on my first attempt, beat a boss, and thought, I'm never going to be able to beat that boss ever again, and it's giving me anxiety, the idea of having to try it again uh, the end, but I loved the atmosphere, seven out of ten. Simon. I have been playing Evil West, uh, which is the um, the vampire, werewolf, supernatural Wild West game, uh, cross between uh, the sort of swagger of uh, Bullet Storm um, with the uh, the third person person melee combat of those types of games. I've, I've been really, really enjoying it. It's ridiculous. Um, it's very, very violent, very gory. Um, great fun however i've had to knock it (laughs) it has difficulty spikes which i've struggled with and a checkpointing system which is reasonably generous but does mean that you're repeating the same bits over and over again and uh, i kept dying so many times i I had to knock it down from the normal difficulty which is what i usually pick it doesn't have one below it just has story and that's too easy Mm. so i've gone from normal which is too hard the story which is too easy and I, i'm struggling mentally to justify me carrying on playing it in story when it's when i'm I, I'm, I'm sort of getting to everything first time so uh, i think i'm going to give up on it which is a real shame because i'm quite enjoying it but it's, i just fi- I, yeah it doesn't feel like i'm being challenged i'll be challenged the right amount mm. um so uh, but yeah, yeah I, I i had a, i had a look around the internet to see whether anybody else was complaining about the difficulty and it turns out that they're not so maybe i'm just very <laughs> very bad at this for some reason uh, it's lots of fun uh, and if that's your sort of thing you're better at video games than i am then you will find it a solid seven out of ten done from running too close to the wire we're now finished three minutes early so well done us uh simon we do have some other business don't we we're both going to gdc we are are you going johan i am we're all going out. to GDC. We're all Let's going to GDC. Yeah. Um, what are you looking forward to most about GDC, Johan? Um, probably mimosas and some good Sichuan food in Chinatown. Mm. 
So there's a there's a regular mimosa. So GDC, uh, for those who are not uh, familiar, is the Game Developers Conference. One Life Left has broadcast there from there on many occasions, um, and uh, often I see you at this mimosas thing on the f- on the day before the conference starts. Right? Yeah. Um, what is that event? I mean, it started out uh, the first year I was there, and uh, some mm-hmm. Danish people were like, "Oh, there's a place where you can pay twenty bucks and you get mimosas for six hours." And I was like, "All right." Let's try that out. And then uh, after that, I wanted it to happen again. So since then, I've been organizing it. And it grew out of, you know, 10 people coming into now we're back logging their kitchen for three hours whenever we show up <laughs> because we're like 70 people uh, outside the doors 15 minutes before they open. And they get extremely happy and extremely nervous. Uh, and we usually walk there from uh, Union Square down into the mission. Um, so it's uh, it's just a little... It started out as a couple of friends doing some stupid stuff, and now it's become a little ritual to kind of kickstart the uh, the event. Good. Well, we will kickstart it with you uh, on the Sunday. Is that right? On the Sunday yeah, of, yeah. of GDC, and maybe we'll broadcast something from there as well. Um, we've got to go now. That's it. That's the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Anne, for coming on. Um, and we will see you all next week. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Bye.